wife is now, since the passing of her mother, she's gotten a little more, um, you know, some like outer discipline. Like she goes mm. and jumps into the deep, cold pool, breaking the ice, taking off all her uh -huh. clothes and then getting out and then getting by the fire and having, and she wakes up and we, she sits with me now in the morning before we have coffee and oh. we have coffee and tea and the sitting together, just less words and more letting the grief kind of sink deep into the, our, our being, you know, this, yeah. this extraordinary void, but within that void, it's seen. And then she's also got this yoga teacher online who does a sequence similar to mine and she just does her yoga um once a day now and it and just a little half hour thing and her walk in the woods and meeting with her sisters and walking in the woods and they have a swim club so sabi's jumping into the cold water in brooklyn <laughs> and and they're all and they take <laughs> pictures of themselves some of them are probably without much attire so it's it's just shared among the sisters <laughs> so but uh quite um and you know, just feeling feeling the truth about like, you know, oh, I didn't expect to think it, but 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 Christ sort of saying to his disciples, like, look, I I need to leave to have full effect on your being. Like I can't I can't do the work that I need to do uh. with you if I stay in this body like this. Yeah. And and the, this this the way I'm going is the way it has to go down, like it's not like you don't have a choice. Like this could be some other. There's some different outcome, and that's a strange situation to be in relative to a friend. Like Jesus was people's friends and didn't want the person to die in that way. And but just this strange effect. Like does something shift in Holy Spirit or connectedness when a great being. When they when they pass away, it's almost like their effectiveness becomes, their their reach becomes broader, and it or it yes. at least changes in its in its, it certainly changes in its appearance if there is any connection at all. Um, so, um, I mean, it could be that Asha's spirit and body are completely gone, and that that is a totally valid thing to think. Um, I happen uh -huh. to think perhaps it's not true, but um, it's yeah. So anyway, when Kendra's father passed. Um, yeah. There are these stages that she went through where, um, you, you know, there's this platitude that may or may not be a platitude. I guess it's a, a platitude could be true and still be a platitude. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're still there, right? Um, your loved yeah. one is still there. Don't think that they're gone, this kind of thing. Like they're there in your yeah. heart. They're there yeah. in your you know, in your breakfast cereal, whatever, uh, is really, it really, it, at a certain moment, um, for her, it really sucked to hear that. That was not at a certain moment for her, it was not appropriate, um, to say that. And, and eventually felt more appropriate as she yeah. went on yeah, absolutely. and let, you know, yeah, I, yeah, cool. That's nice, but yeah. like, there's just been a shit. Like, I don't care what vernacular you want to use, but there was a shift in the presence of that being in my life, and I'm disturbed by the shift. Now, am I allowed to feel loss, 
or like, what do you want from me? Like, yeah, okay, don't think they're not, well, okay, if you don't want to call it gone, whatever you want to say. Like, there was a shift, and it's intense, dude, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah. it, but, but then over time, that, what that presence is. And I think there's a way of talking about that presence in very... I don't know. I think you could get there. I want to say like materialistic is not maybe the best choice of words, but in, in, a, in a, a very accessible way is maybe what I mean to say, that there's a way in which people can appreciate that your interaction, whether you're religious or not, whether you think that they have a spirit, a soul, some sort of other embodiment or super embodiment that goes on or is that there's your interaction with them was sort of external and it sort of wasn't. And, and that yeah. element of them, that might have been your main mode of interaction with them, whether they were really out there in, or not, that you're, the main mode of interaction that you had with them was inside. And, and that can't go away so easily. And then, in fact, that's quite the MO we have in general with all beings who are living or dead. Um, yes, right. You know, yeah, I think right. that's where you're sort of leaning. But I, I will I say am. the ignominy or the also the profound closure and sense of a door closing when you hear the mm -hmm. first pile of earth land on the white pine coffin and the yes. coffin goes thunk and there's this kind of thunderous... Thing that comes from six feet under in these perfectly etched walls that it were dug in the rain and you said you just heard this thunk and then the the feeling of like um the moments i had to love more the moments i had where i chose love the moments where that i had where i didn't and my heart closed with this being who is now lying in the ground interred it, 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 there's a door that has shut, my man, and it is yes. a deep and profound grief. Like it's very, um, and then everyone, yeah, and there's really, yeah, there are stages. And then there's a way in which every stage is carried into the next one. There's an ignominy, a sense of shit always present in the soul somewhere relative to death but it is just a facet of it and to enter into the platitude of she's right there with us vil uh -huh. right away uh -huh. um depending upon the creature of course just like diet and food or just like uh the way we take our everyone needs a everyone goes through it very 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 differently yes and it's really a beautiful it's beautiful to open to all those ways actually you know to see how i think that's true i yeah. think that's true and, and some of them feel very foreign to me you know i i yeah, see people yeah. who engage in the loss of a, a, a the death of a loved one in <clears throat> in such a joyful way that i i find myself and i you know i, I fault myself for it. you know it's not them it's just honestly that I feel suspicious of them. Oh, like, uh -huh. is there a, mm -hmm. a, you know, a denial or a, you know, mm -hmm. is a, 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 a bypassing, a spiritual bypassing where someone is 
avoiding facing the grief or the loss that they need to feel by these going to prematurely to these platitudes. And I, I, I would say that probably does happen sometimes. And, but just because I'm thinking it doesn't mean that it's happening in that case. Oh, and, indeed. I mean, and it just spreads it. it and, and honestly, it spreads out to every aspect of our life. And I, yes. you know, how, how, from how meso macro micro levels, to what extent are we not, are we negating some truth or some, yeah. I mean, this, this bypass, but, um, but specifically, I don't know, relative to death. Yeah. Um, I felt pretty joyous around yeah. Asha's passing. And so it wasn't a stage that came later or something because of the nature of our relationship, I think. And just, um, mm -hmm. and sometimes I, I looked at that uh, shamefully and I did not trust mm -hmm. the joy, um, but mostly mm -hmm. I surrendered to joy. Um, I mean, even, I mean, there's a sense in which I think in a in a soul that has been practicing the art of dissolution, as Asha did, mm. and I didn't know to what extent, and thereby was able to bring humor and levity as each ability was lost. Like as I see my yoga practice, quote unquote, declining, it's deepening in so many other ways because I can't do that posture for that long, or I can't do that. Herculean effort for this, or I don't want to do that particular, and yet I'm maybe only just beginning to pass, practice hatha yoga, uh, and the relationship to our own brokenness and how we move into those spaces or our own dissolution, which happens from the moment we're born to some extent, and and Asha's. Oh, to see her humor around her own inability to make a cup of tea and she's put hot water and then the sugar in the hot water and then smiles with this one toothless out, this toothless, glorious grin with her brown white hair, you know, flowing down and this, this, this beautiful long, one of her long, many color, her robes on and she's just grinning like some wizard at her own demise. And, mm. and I just the 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 proof in that pudding for me of a life lived well. It just like it what just means so much. And there's there's so much that one can miss in another being while they're while they're alive and and there's ways in which sometimes we can't touch those deeper spaces for whatever reason and and that's also a uh, a sorrow that I will just hold. For you know, my, you're using you know. the word uh, dissolution in reference to her, I think very um, similarly to the way in other weeks or other discussions you might have used the word self-emptying or the, the term. And I think I, I think I am. And I think there's a yeah. lot of humor in it. <laughs> just yeah. like, because it's too hard a process, Ben, to really get uh -huh. over the false ego right. without... We have to have this, this sideways glance that is almost an abs not absurdist, but play. 
even daring to have a facet of its being as absurdity. Uh, you know, yeah. and, uh, that whole response, you know, and daring, and it's just, I mean, shit, man, she didn't have like a crazy great sense of humor. She had a lightness <laughs> of being, you know, but, and she just uh -huh. brought all these, uh -huh. oh, she brought this, the lineage that she left us, the heart of her spiritual teaching was a life lived in that form of trusting in time and trusting in being by by in fact not not kind of holding on too strongly to containers of being or containers mm. of mm. like she she was doing that work and the way she died for a year and the way she continued to give of herself to others and to self-empty and, and also know when she can't lift any more weight and like puts a sign on, do not enter. I don't care if you've come from Kansas, I am uh -huh. sleeping. Like she knew when she was like, done, I need to do this. No, nope, I don't. And really do not help me out of my bed. No, nope, I don't. And very clear with the daughters and the daughters, all of them self-emptied and they just simply were what their mother needed. And it was just, uh, it's a really, really beautiful death. And, and as her brother Sadiq said, you know, standing, looking over the coffin and her body had been in this white pine coffin in the cold and the snow around for four days. And so people would come in the morning. Sometimes I'd be doing some morning thing, stoking the fire or whatever, and looking out and some friend or student would have come and they're just sitting and, 18, 25 degree weather, yeah. uh, meditating and making offerings at the at the at the coffin at the, at her body, there yeah. and it just um, something exquisite and marching it up the hill looked kind of like biblical almost you know and 150 uh -huh. people just standing on this steep hillside, and um, the, it was um, very beautiful. Uh, there's lots of ways to die. And um, this was a very beautiful way to go through it. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I wonder about. Yeah, it makes me wonder how. I how prepared I will be. Like it, it didn't make me wonder how prepared I am because I don't feel prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, like th mm. this abstraction arises to me to to wonder like, will I? have done the things that it will take to be prepared on that day as if well when when was i supposed to start those tasks <laughs> like uh oh, lovely. Seem, sort of seems like it yeah. should be underway by now if that's my yeah. hope um yeah when you bit. opened yeah and when you opened up about ezra the other day and just kind of almost confessing like you know, he just always wants my. He just wants my attention. He just wants me to yeah. show, like, show up. And then yeah. there is a self-emptying that happens when whatever the thing we thought was more important, because these yeah. years with our, and that is that is preparation for death. That that for me is the the preparation uh -huh. is uh -huh. in the the obedience to the moment. That self. I mean, that's. I think the it would be if I were doing that. Yes. Well, and, you, and and in fact, you in fact you do do it, and then you don't. We don't do it, and to the extent that we don't is perhaps. I think the it's. That, I think it's useful advice to me. I mean, I think that it, your indirect advice, which is, um, you know, uh, 
engaging in that process in the moment, which by the way, to apply spiritual practice as a principle to undertaking any task in life which we find challenging, which is to say that challenges or crosses to be born are the essence of the spiritual life or the lever upon our life that is spiritual thought and is is tied up with this idea that that self-emptying as you call it the the loosening of our bondage to an idea of who we think we are despite what it is knowing our limitations doing. yeah 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 right yeah. despite like knowing that yes. we don't really know knowing that we're limited to know who we are knowing that the the idea of a true self is specious anyway and if we could know mm. it if one could know it or if there was such a thing, it doesn't seem like this body or this brain is even equipped to know such a thing as, yet, as yet it's, a true self. Yet it's felt a freedom in the in the doing of self-emptying, if you will, which is a kind of non-doing, but it's also quite deeply a doing as well. That, But the only thing I would add to your thing about the cross is that luxury itself and ease uh, is also a cross in a certain sense, in the sense that there's a burden as to how to use that the power yeah. of time that comes from luxury, so that it's not simply to be applied to those things that are quote unquote difficult, but rather almost a reorientation into the very we are on pilgrimage and it is difficult. This journey, it's yeah. in, it's yeah. implicit. So that it's it, it isn't so our response to our happy states are maybe even in a Ben Kramer at least as important as our response to those states we label suffering or more difficult. Like there, there's um, a you know. there's a tension in my mind um, that between the the desire to have one thing one thing to know and one thing to remember. And the the sense that uh, each situation demands a, a uniquely fitted response, and that these two are not mutually exclusive states, mm, though they yeah. seem so strongly to be. That in in my moments of clarity, I have been reminded of both, whichever one I was <laughs> missing the mark on on any given day. That. Uh -huh. um, that the that love or or perhaps the the true nature or the the ultimate nature of love is the only thing that i need to recall um and yet it the application is different in every instance so it's so tempting to have one you know one size fits all practice that I don't need to think in the moment. I don't need to come up with new solutions because there's only one solution and there's only ever been one solution. And that's not exactly wrong, though each solution is different and requires a, a unique... So it's, in mm -hmm. a sense, I can just remember one thing. How it'll be applied in any given moment is is different. And and that and sitting there with, with the beloved, right? Um, and our time is fleeting and our, our, our parents will die and our children will move on. Our, our parents will die and, and our friends will die and we will die and our children will not any longer 
be, be able, be suited or served by sitting at our feet as an, you know, sitting at us as the parent, as, as their altar, you see, of the, of the worship of the parent. And it's mm-hmm. so sacred and so fleeting and, and mm-hmm. how to honor that space and know what to do. And then this one thought comes up, like, let that, this idea of me, if I could let go of this idea of me and who I think I need to be, who I think he needs to be, if I could rest my fingers from my demand that I be a certain way, that they be a certain way, and let love unfold, then then I would know to do what? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And and I would almost say, I would say, that, yeah, we, we tentatively reach out to patterns of love or mm-hmm. something or axiomatic or, mm-hmm. or, or post-its, eternal post-its on the heart, just sort of mm-hmm. whatever written on the heart, the tablature of the heart. There's a kind of where we can tap in. However, I would say it's so radical that love is only found in loving. It, it, it is an action. It is a purification of the will. It's almost as if there's nothing static about love because there's, there's another. It, it's, it's, in, it's in relation. So the, the dynam- so, so what the Christians are, what the old, old desert fathers and mothers are crying out for is a Trinitarian God that is one in three in the sense of love, lover, and beloved, that, that it's an eternal, dynamic relationship. So love is not found in, it could not be found in a static term. It, that could only ever be a, 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 a very, um, um, almost a, a small pointer at best. It's, it's in the act of, oh, I just actually... I just in that moment chose Ezra's needs over mine without even thinking of it that way. I just met my child where he is. And I that it's that I mean the right that you can you can start to sense the depths of joy by having been disciplined, like, oh, I'm seeing it come up. I don't want to go down to the pond right now to play in the sand and make a sandcastle with sand because I got a really important dharma class to prepare for or i just want to sit and watch a show or some whatever it is and then not that it would always be the case that it is a selfless act to not do the very thing one wants which is what asha showed the art of dissolution also involves the art of self-knowledge and a knowledge of how many dumbbells i should put on the you know spiritual yeah. you know bench press yeah. today like really yeah. like Kev, you don't, you're overstepping your bounds. You're doing this going to some idea of love, but you're, 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 you're transgressing your own capacity mm-hmm. and then it's backfiring. And this, I do, I do this. Mm-hmm. And you pointed out like, Kev, that's great, but you, you're gonna, you're gonna fall. You know that brother, like, don't, 
set up some impossible goal and at the same time dream big you know yeah <laughs> at right. the same time it's like dream like hell you know? yeah Hopefully i don't you i don't, don't want... <laughs> fall lower than where you started <laughs> yeah it's okay. yeah, who knows you know <laughs> right is that is it or will you move faster up the ladder you're trying to climb or down the ladder you're trying to climb or along the <laughs> the moving sidewalk <laughs> i don't know just from left to right i don't know uh by mm-hmm. by taking two steps forward and one step back or or is it faster to just go one slower step at a time i don't, I don't know who knows yeah well sitting that now that just brought up just to and i i think it might really um move our conversation in an interesting direction is that there's a, in the psalms there's a bunch of a clump of psalms that are called the songs of degrees or if you're in zohar and in Kabbalistic interpretation of the Psalms, which is fascinating. It, it's sort of the song of ascents or the ladders. Um, and then you get Richard Rohr and Don Scotus, who's a medieval thinker, and Richard Rohr is a modern day guy who does a beautiful Catholic blog that millions of people follow. He's in Albuquerque and a lot of people know him. He talks about falling up. What's his name? And then St. Augustine talks about, well, the way up. Is this self empty? What's his name again? He's like uh, Richard Rohr. His name is Richard Rohr, R O H R, and he has the he has, I believe, the the. It's like a place for meditation, contemplation, and action. He's trying to bring contemplation and action together, which is actually precisely what we're talking about today, really. And by the way, this these songs of ascents when you when you a s c e n t s going upward. When you get into the prophet David or whoever wrote the songs, when you get into David singing, he's singing about humility and self-emptying, and it's it's filled with the feeling of the beatitudes. So, like when you said, I don't know, whatever, climbing up this, you know, we're climbing, and then you're like, I don't know, down up, and then the Christian past seems to really uh, stress this move, the sub supplicatio supplication, suplex, supine, uh, supta, this position of going, of being, coming more humble. And I think that's connected with like letting go and being there for my child. There's a deep humility in yes. that, in the action of a loving parent, which just yeah. really sees its joy in another. And, and you're, you're, you know, we're trying to live that, I think, as fathers, you know. I mean, I sit here, you know, thinking about the circumstance of of my child wanting attention, wanting my attention somewhere other than where I think it needs to be put, and my the tension between where I think I want to go and where I think this, you know, conversation with a a five year old, almost a six year old, is going, and and plotting. Can I remember in that moment? Will I be able to remember? when the time comes, you know, and trying to drive my will towards this frame of myself, wherein I'll be able to let go, make that space, be guided by the moment. And um, it's just funny how, how thoughts like that can obscure uh, the the fact that I'm potentially in such a moment at at any moment where I'm having these thoughts. Yeah, that's true. 
yeah, that's right. terrible. I, <laughs> that's oh, the, <laughs> the, the human situation. That is our sort yeah, of... <laughs> right. Oh, oh I, I hope I'll be able to rise to the moment when it arises. Um, and as if there's... I've ever been any in any other moment than the moment. And then I think of, oh, today is the feast day of Francis uh, de Sales. He's like a Spanish Inquisition, kind of like a, a bishop uh, from from the France. And and it, and he's also interesting our subject today because he is in a sense, he said, no, you can live a beautiful life in the world. He's like he's like the Lama. He's like the priest who taught the deep things of the gospel to lay people. He brought it. And most of his students were, were married women. Huh. And so it's this beautiful lineage in Christianity where he's trying to say all the things you need are in your daily life. You can make your life one long sacrament in, in Christ. Like you can do it. And, and, he, and he has this book called The Devout Life. So it being his feast day today in the in the Catholic uh -huh. Church, his day of remembrance, I kind of started reading his work, and it's just it lays out like a Tibetan Lam Rim, like a steps on the Christian path, and but yeah. and for householders, and it's so mm -hmm. compact. And he's fighting against it. Doesn't just happen in monasteries, and yeah, no, they have their place in the body of in the mystical body. They have their place, but. Our places in the world with our children and our husbands and wives and the practical advices are just it's just so it's so wonderful to be having this discussion with you about our children and and uh, also it's my birthday today um oh my bro and, happy birthday yeah and i'm 55 and i i just got the most kindest text from my daughter it's just um i just right before you called you know, and it was just, just wow, you know, like, it's really, it's really worth just, you know, there, you know, I, 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 looking back, I'm 55, I, I haven't really done very much in the world, per se. I've done, you know, I've built some things and taught some classes and been in some classes and, and, but I haven't, you know, but, my children, like to get the messages from them today and what they had to say, it just um, made it all, all those moments of discipline and obedience, the little, mo all those moments, when I was able to engage in that way and let go and let grace come in and be, like as St. Paul would say, you know, be all things to all people in every moment. He's like, just become, become, be, learn from the Jews when you're with the Jews. Learn from the Greeks when you're with the Greek. When you just become all things, just, just, learn from just, your just, child when you're with your child. Yeah, like in Jesus, you know, is sitting there, and he, the children come to his knee. They're very attracted to Christ, and and then they're being shooed away by the disciples because they felt that there was more important work. He said, "Don't." He he. He reprimanded them very forcefully, which is an interesting moment in an ancient scripture mm. to see something like that in an ancient scripture where the mm -hmm. where the teacher is saying, oh, no, 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 no. Far from interrupting, um, let, lest you become like children, 
we can learn about the kingdom of heaven by being with children. Mm -hmm. And he really pushed that, which it does stand out in his, his ministry to me. Right. Um, and, and I, it's such a beautiful subject to me because I, I still resist in so many ways. And it, it just seems always parentally, parentally, perennially, parentally important to be, be entering into this uh, kind of talk, you know. I wonder if my kid, I wonder if a five-year-old, to what extent he thinks he knows himself. You know, <sighs> like it's, it's not, I don't feel like I did. I feel like I remember not knowing and feeling like I should know and, and trying hard to come to know who I was or how I was and, yeah. and trying to build confidence by these achievements of knowing who I was or how I was that, mm. you know, looking back, I, you know, I feel mm. very suspicious of how I mm. came to such conclusions or, or, mm. or of course what those conclusions turned out to be, but, um, yeah, really, what were they? I can't even, hard for me to conjure them. I don't know. Yeah, but if I could yeah. have a wide eyed sense of, look, you have a wide eyed sense before you know like you said when you're with the jews learn from the jews when you're with right when, like i said when i'm with my son learn from my son when you're with the wise learn from the wise when you're with the uh the innocent right learn from the innocent um when you're with yourself learn from yourself i mean is there something like like that to sit and behold the unfolding me as opposed to sitting and and measuring the unfolding me against the the imagined ideal of me, the unfolding imagined ideal of me, or something, you know what and I and also think the is, static, perfect imagined yeah, ideal, which freezes the, me in my tracks, and it's like which is also an unfolding thing. I mean, that's the joke. Yeah, to no, me, like no, the but un, sometimes the not. unfolding <laughs> static me. No, but even that, like, I think it's the not, unfolding you know? static me because the me that's relating to it is, of course, changing, and therefore the yeah, me that right. I think is static is obviously unfolding. Yes, right. They're quite. I mean, what else you got to say? That's 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 air. That's solid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to learn in this moment, and I do think that there's something of the. I'm going to make an attempt to say the enormity of death, but I don't think it's the right word. And I think that there are a lot of other words that go there. Oh, that, I like it. Um, there are a lot of other words involved, at least, in mm -hmm. how holistic, how profound, how epochal, um, mm -hmm. how seemingly final, right? And and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, eternal uh, and and total that state seems to be irrevocable um, that that we are awoken to what is not irrevocable which is everything it may or or everything else i mean that is a contradiction i i did, I did yeah. hear it um yeah. Yeah. but but still the like oh every oh nothing oh oh this thing is fixed this thing doesn't move this thing is final and to the end, and that that awakens me to the the fixlessness, like the unfixedness of all things, and and that it, it, yeah, it's not mm -hmm. 
Again, these dudes, there's so much of life that seems like it's intention, contradictory things that seem like they're intention. And I've always, mm. as long as you've known me, I've pushed back against the idea of what people call paradox. I don't like the term because it's typically defined as the coexistence of two things that can't coexist, which just sounds like jibber jabber to me, just poppycock. And, um, but the coexistence of two things that seemingly cannot coexist, that's interesting. Um, and, uh, and it's probably what we mean when we use the phrase and sometimes we're just contradicting ourselves and misunderstanding. And sometimes it reveals that there are things that the mind puts in opposition to one another that are not in opposition to one another. And the mind struggles to balance because yeah. the mind is not in balance. And, and yeah. only a mind in perfect balance can accept certain truths in the same room, can understand how to balance that A is true and B is true. When A and A seems to be A and B seems to be not A, and so they should never be in the room. So what do we do when they are? Um, it means we're wrong that they can't both be in the room, that the finality of death is not contradictory to the eternality of what? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I they're not yeah, saying, and when you, know, you see the be, word, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Yeah. And, when, yeah, and when the word paradox comes up in the church i do believe that it would be more accurate as i've heard priests speak of it i don't know it felt like i wanted to hear them say apparent paradox mm -hmm. a paradox as upholding the intellect and having the intellect be in proper proportion to faith and hope and grace so, so paradox to the intellect, perhaps there's a refining of the intellect whereby that a, there's no longer paradox. And I don't, I don't know. It does seem that there's something in the awakening of, of souls that have called themselves Christian that has involved a mystical leap or an act of faith or an act of grace that I, I honestly, it, 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 it does seem important that para, para meaning beyond and dox, like doxology, mm -hmm. it's sort of the theology of praise, if you will. So beyond, beyond what we even think we're praising when we're praising that which is beyond. I mean, it has a, there, there are mystical implications, implications in that term that, 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 point to its importance. I just think it would be cool to kind of bring the nuance that you just brought. Like, I, we could say apparently paradoxical or, you know, but to just outright say it is, it, you know, water is fallible, throughable. Jesus walked on water, uh, you know. Okay, that's not really something that the mind can work out at this point. Um, maybe there'll be a time when the uh, the intellect can give a satisfying answer to the reasoning mind you know and be like okay that's satisfying but maybe not i don't know 
And I don't know as it matters, actually. Um, well, there's a state of mind. What's at stake, right? Accepting. <laughs> what's it, what, you know, what there's a state of mind that there, there it is, that is accepting in a way that doesn't scrutinize in the sense of what should or shouldn't be in any given moment. Mm. It is. Mm. Yeah. You know, like it's one thing to measure reality in terms of how will I step upon the stones in front of me to the stones in front of those stones. And it's another thing to measure reality in terms of what do I see before me that should be and what do I see before me that should not be, that I can allow to exist or that I must not allow to exist. Yeah. And it, it, it exists. It's not, it's there. I think mm. that there's something wrong in that. And I, I may have, if I've misstated mm. it, I've misstated it. But, I, yeah. but I, I still think that there's a tendency to measure what's before me, especially in my own heart and in the hearts of others. Yes. Um, but in any given day, in any whatever, in this yes. body, in the sensation of Monday, the, in the physical sensation of, oh my God, it's Monday. Um, that I, it should or shouldn't be, I should or shouldn't, I should or shouldn't feel this way. I should or shouldn't have this much to yeah. do today. I should or shouldn't have these tasks. And it's, and there's a, a very important way in which that's just bullshit. Yeah. And Thomas Merton and Thomas Keating and a lot of these Christian mystics deeply question that state of mind. Like they're, they're trying very which produces extraordinary anxiety and and a kind of self-reflection that that ossify that 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 stifles the prana in the body the yeah. mental prana and the physical it really stifles me i feel that well, stifling. no wonder merton is such a zen guy uh for right? the, for for god's sake you know this for god's sake i think moment. he was a zen guy that's i do right. that's right I do think he was, for God's sake, doing that. Yeah, right. Yeah, this, the ever unfolding now that... Uh, Ooh, I mean, the, the, and it's a wellspring. And, and if we yeah. think of that, then, but then I want to go back to mm -hmm. the potential for putting upon what seems a kaleidoscope, a, a plethora of patterns of being that could be any... Monday or any two, the, the, all the, the, that we do, there is a, our bark, our vessel, a bark as, 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 as Shakespeare would say, our, our vessel on the shore, on the, on the, on the seas of life do need an ever fixed star and do need a compass. And that compass is love. And that love is arrived at through humility and how humility displays itself is in paying attention to the needs of the moment. It's not like some coward over, bent over. The, the nothingness involves actually being interested in where Ezra's at, Kendra's at, that object that I just touched is at. Like our, our, our actual interest in the moment, in the world, it, that's where it goes down. And that's well, what it this, seems um, like in the more sophisticated teachings that I'm mm -hmm. aware of that you and I have been exposed to in terms of emptiness or the idea of a, a you know a lack of a true essence, a lack of a true guiding star, a lack of a of an inherent 
um, pole star um, is is always the, the more sophisticated teachings in and around that always tie that emptiness to something. So so to talk about oh I I take my refuge in emptiness of what of what if you can't answer of what you, it's not an existing object you're not taking refuge in anything and so to talk about the emptiness of love there's a correctness to that mm-hmm. that is that is not present when you talk when you just say I'm t- I'm taking refuge in emptiness there's it's not that's not a thing yeah. per se so when I said ever fixed star yeah I meant bodhicitta I meant a pointing of the boat towards what well I'm going to, we're going to teach you this practice on love in, in Buddhism or on emptiness or on renunciation or on death or on, but before we begin any of that, we call up this desire to become a really happy, loving being for all beings. It just sets the mind like, but, and, and yet it might feel fake for a while, but you keep one day, the Dalai Lama describes just carrying the mind is then soaked in this thing that you have, I mean, studied so much in your life, I, this idea that is the what of the emptiness. Now, that what yeah, could be right. described in many different ways. So when I say it never fixes star, it's all it's it's in the light of the cross, or in the light of self-emptying, or in the light of emptiness itself, which indeed, to understand, one does have to self-empty. I don't believe. So, of course, we're getting into dangerous territory where, Kev, what do you mean by self-emptying? And here's what I mean by emptiness. And, and, but instinctually, or rather long-rimly, steps on the path, ladders on the rung, the falling upward of Richard Rohr, instinctually involves this, the humility of renunciation. And renunciation involves self-knowledge. And self-knowledge then involves like being like, okay, I'm I'm making boo-boos. I'm a person in error. I'm actually so there's something, there's something about why would renunciation come before a vision of emptiness or an understanding of emptiness? And I know that's a little bit um synthetic and obviously. Our understanding of emptiness will totally pump up our understanding of renunciation. And as we begin to feel the flavor and the joy of renouncing our own needs for the needs of others such that their needs become our needs, we are going to be very prone, accident prone to understanding shunyata or, you know, a lack of a nature to the emptiness, a lack of a nature because we're, we're applying that to our own being. We're applying that wisdom. It, you know, there's this there's this question we're asking, right? Of like, mm. is the is the pole star to understand the way things are <laughs> perfectly, or to mm. understand the way things are not perfectly? And and what the <laughs> the scriptures that uh, you know I've been taught seem to stress is that no, you no neither. Neither oh, yeah. is possible without the oh. other. If you claim oh. one, oh, yeah, you, yeah, 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 you, you, you are claiming the other. Yeah, to yeah. understand, to understand the way that things are is to understand the way that they are not, and to understand the way that they are not is to understand the way that they are. And you cannot do the one without the other. To understand 
the object. Love, yes, you have to be self-emptying. To understand love to its depths, yes, you must understand what you are not. You under, must understand what love is not. But to understand what is not is to understand that it's, it's not that about love. It's not that about some object. You, you, can't, you just can't have either without the either. And yet we are taught that somehow the mind can't hold both at the same time or very few minds or only an extraordinary mind. And I don't know. I don't know what to say about all that. But th those two objects are <laughs> set up in opposition to one another. Understanding reality and understanding what reality exactly ain't. And It's in the extremities of those positions. And mm -hmm. in the extremity, in terms of the word made incarnate in the form of Jesus Christ, it, in Christ complete disparity finds unity. Like what? Well, to find yourself, you have to lose yourself. No, it's not a paradox. Sorry, priest, it's not. Uh, the way up is the way down. Uh, by, by completely feeling the suffering of those around you, you become a risen body of light. By completely identifying with your own brokenness and thus the brokenness of others, we are, we are healed and find salvation. There, there seems to be an extra, it's not a stoic middle way per se, not that the middle way of, of Buddhism is that, but it's not, I think it's a in, in, in the being of Christ and we are to be Christ's, I believe in, in our being is a, is a, the, 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 that we're in a liminal place where you can't have one without the other. You just said it, uh, at least on, a, on an intellectual level, the two ideas that seem to not be able to fit at the same time in the mind, but, but that those extremities meet, that the meeting of those extremities is, is a, um, an awakened life here and hereafter, if, if in fact there is such a place. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I hope, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I think about the day, I think about the day ahead of me. I think about the Monday ahead of me. I think about, um, your, uh, your mother-in-law's passing. I think about everything that I have slipping through my fingers and, and even me and, um, and among the crosses I have to bear, like I think about, can I, can I accept the cross of accepting myself and letting go of myself, accepting myself for who I am in every given moment by who I happen to be, by letting go of myself, letting go of this idea who I think I have to be in any given moment. And I, and I'm scared that I can't live up to it. And, uh, and that's not contradictory to this. It's also yeah, yeah. It's also a part of it. I I don't I don't know. Will I live up to it? this ideal that I am rejecting? That I am someone who cannot live up to it. Uh, but I don't really get to say exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah. 
I can and be then, a party to the trying. Hmm. Um, I can be uh, present, um, uh, stand in the place where the trying is happening, but I don't know. I don't mm. know if I'm trying and I, I, I yeah. want to do well. I, I do want to, and I just happen to want to, and, and I don't know, maybe I like, I shouldn't want to want what I don't have, but I, but I, I shouldn't want to not want it because I, I just, I, I don't know. I just am what's before me. And yeah. then, uh, and then it's okay. The, the moment's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to have passions and intensities. And I am, I am going to have these impulses and I'm not going to let go of all my impulses and accept the world just as it is in a way such that I don't push for to and against what's before me. But, um, but it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. a, it's, it's, it could all be very beautiful to watch it unfold, to watch the swirling colors and delight the majesty of all the shit that's about to go down on this yeah, show, and you, any you, given you, Monday. And you're, I, I find a lot of solace in doing some, some of the, well, the, the, the St. Benedict, you know, sets out rules for living together for the monks way back when, two thousand, you know, eighteen hundred years ago, fourteen hundred years ago, whenever, and seven times a day prayer. The monks or the nuns or the lay people of you know Francis de Sales, whose feast day it is, bless his heart. Uh, you stop and you know you cry out to to love. You cry out to God to the mystery of being and be like, come to my aid. I don't, I can't even know, I don't even know what yeah. step to take. I, I really yeah. come to my aid and thank you, God, for, for the gift of being. Like that you would stop seven times a day, uh, you know, you know, starting with prime all the way through louds and, you know, ending and just all the, the evening prayer or vespers or whatever the prayer is and fit it into the day where you'd, I just stop doesn't even have to be that formal and just, and you do this and everybody does this. And, but to, to know that that your, it's not even equivocation, the, the kind of, that there is a like almost holy anxiety in being like help, just what? I don't even know. Yeah. And, and, um, and kind of, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful way to um, channel that suffering of being human i think through the the way the prayers are set up feel very natural and and very and like those prayers are are a method and an answer to the way you just spoke for me because i feel what you just spoke all the it time surrenders uh, it's it surrenders all it surrenders <laughs> well yeah no i mean no, oh, it's, it surrenders a way of yeah it surrenders a way of thinking about the the confines or the efficacy of my will that um, that's that doesn't seem quite right, and I don't know what is. I don't know. I don't understand the confines of my will. I don't know how to think about my will correctly. But to say, uh, you know, help. I can't. I don't. It doesn't seem. It's not working. 
It doesn't seem to be. Yeah, and where does the prayer end? Oh, beloved, let me do your will. Let me, let me continue to scrutinize and the 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 oh, pull back the veil that I might know your will for me, beloved, which is my deepest self and not myself, and is not has no space and is not a part of. It's not something. It's not like in me or outside of me. What do you mean, do God's will? I mean, the thing that we're persevering over and feeling so sacredly nervous about that <laughs> like help me with like it does end with this proactive like and now send me out into the world ready to do the work that you have given to me to do oh beloved you know so it like it's such an interesting way to purify my relationship through some kind of form or some sort of to lean on the formality of prayer that, and to in a way that it's, but it's such a natural thing. It feels so natural, and um, I really, I really appreciate the way you just described. You know, I don't know. I want to use the word existential. The situation mm -hmm. we's in, you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Happy well, birthday, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you have a very beautiful day. 55, you know, it's got this ring to it, you know, like highways and speed limits and just feels like, <laughs> just got a feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> 55. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, I feel that way about 45. I keep forgetting how old I am. Uh, and uh, it worked well for me. I thought I was 45 for a year before I was 45. Um, I hope I'm not 46. Uh, but I don't think I am. The uh, Dear Dad, you have been there for me through all of the years of my growing. From playing baseball, swimming in the pond, always giving me money. Tell me with my car or college classes. And you have been such a wonderful human being and father. And maybe not everyone can say this about their dad. In fact, I know very few people who can say that in my life. Thank you for consistently showing up for me. And for being someone who I can look up. taught me so much about being calm and loving despite all the pain and all the odds stacked against you. Thank you for helping me to lower my anxiety. You're always willing to be whatever I need or want and for understanding me without having to explain anything. You are true. <laughs> oh, it just, it just like, yeah. I just feel this incredible sense of like, you know, what do I have to offer? And we're in such an insane moment in this world right now. We're in a very extraordinary moment. And I, and that, that, that's really the only offering I feel I have yeah. on some level is, is, 
not like my my children are just beautiful on their own. I had to try to get out of the way a lot of the time. It wasn't what I did so much. A lot of time it was a lot of parenting involves like a lot of curation and editing and deciding when to speak and when to allow Ezra to play with us in front of the fire and when not to, and when it's important to give a boundary and the boundary's painful. And am I setting a boundary because it's like giving me more time to do so? Am I setting the boundary out of true love for the being? Oh God, help me find that line. I don't even, you know, this whole constant, the way you just opened up about the liminal, existentially fraught moment we dwell in is so it's such a relief because it's like what we all experience and then somehow having it be okay. Yeah. Like, and, um, yeah. 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 Like, a yeah. Like our, like our, uh, <laughs> like imagining ourselves through the, the eyes of, of the father that, uh, that she <sighs> imagines you or sees you to be. You see. Oh, you just said the father. I did. Oh, the mother to to have to have an understanding of this vast love we've been speaking of, and to relate to a beloved as a parent, or to yeah. relate to a beloved as a child. The the implicit holiness and sacred power of those relationships. I I don't even think they can be overestimated. I, it's like, yeah, God is like eternally family, like the eternal family of like, it's, it's the unbegotten begetting the word and in, in, and from that proceeds love eternal forever. And then we see it born out in our little homes with our little children and our little selves and our little wives and we just live these little trinities. <laughs> Yeah.